kind of like the music, bro. Yeah, that was good. That was good. And uh, yeah, so Frank, I met Frank uh, a few weeks ago. I went to your wellness center in the city. And it's quite hard to describe, actually, because you're doing something quite unique, very holistic, to, on, about high performance. So before getting into the details, can you tell us a bit about uh, your journey and how you got into uh, high performance um, yeah, techniques? Cool, man. So I actually started life uh, in my teens as a professional martial artist. Okay, so I trained a lot of classical systems, Shaolin, uh, I, I trained in a, in a few Taoist internal systems and then I moved into like Muay Thai karate so I kind of uh, spread my wings. Um, mm. But I fought professionally as well. So I, from the age of about 17 was my first professional fight which was yeah. like, was kind of MMA before it was MMA, you okay. know? Um, and, and I fought full contact karate in my 20s. But, you know, I, I left that world for, I guess seeking out a career because mm -hmm. back then it was really hard to make money as a fighter, okay. and unless you were in places that you shouldn't have been, you mm -hmm. know, especially as a young guy, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I found myself in way too many of those situations. Okay. So I then uh, I ended up heading into a career of technology purely by fluke. Okay. Um, a guy met me while I was working in a retail store through the day and liked me and offered me a job. That's how mm. I, that was my first job in IT, right? And um, I failed at it. I went and tried a second company, failed at that. And I think I started to hit my stride in technology by probably my third job. Um, and then, you know, I, I had a 20 year career in that space. Um, but what was interesting is it was actually all my training in martial arts mm -hmm. that I actually used because um, I, I, wasn't edu I wasn't educated for the technology industry, mm -hmm. right? So I had to learn a lot. Um, I didn't know basic office etiquette. I didn't understand them, just the basics of business, right? And so I had to use my skills of how to learn and mm -hmm. how to deal with stress and how to deal with, you know, uh, uh, I guess um, having self-doubt in an environment that I just wasn't familiar with, you know? Mm -hmm. And so so that, that, that served me pretty much throughout my whole career without... Mm -hmm. You know, whilst I didn't call it high performance or peak performance, you know, mm -hmm. it's what it was, right? It's it's it was my lifetime of learning of how to deal with stress, how mm -hmm. to deal with learning, how to deal with um, reading people, interacting, you know, and, and just having to change my whole belief system, mm -hmm. you know. Um, which it's is funny because I'm doing this a bit in the other way because I come from more like a corporate business school and like that's when I go to a Muay Thai class I feel completely out of my comfort zone yeah. And, yeah. and the little fish yeah. <laughs> mate yeah look it doesn't matter which way you go mate. Yeah. it's gonna be painful yeah. Yeah. right and you know I started um, my, my belief system transformation process mm -hmm. at 21 I found a coach um, and, and I worked with him for 10 years pretty much full on full time mm. you know to unpick my beliefs because you know, in my martial arts days, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. Um, and, you know, I built up an idea about the world and a persona that really I had to pull apart, you know. And so, so that's kind of what led me then to technology, mm -hmm. um, had, a, had a successful career. I you know, worked for some of the biggest companies, had my own startups, sold those. Um, you know, so always, I guess, refining, you know, mm -hmm. what I'd learned, how we applied to business. In fact, by the end of my... By the end of my, um, before we sold 
the company uh, that we built, Veltio. Um, okay. We actually were starting to do work around culture development, mm -hmm. and that was kind of closing the loop, coming back to that people development side. Mm. And I started to use a lot of the techniques um, from martial arts in terms of training okay. people for dealing with confrontation, with, mm. you know, with stress and things like that. And that was interesting. Um, when we sold that business, I did, you know, I decided kind of I wanted to explore that again. Mm -hmm. um, so I left technology and came into health. Yeah. Um, I went back to school. I actually had to go, and this time it was like I, I threw myself into the fire yeah. again. I, um, I started studying to be a neurophysics therapist, and that was a very new experience for me. Um, and then two years after that, we launched Pivot, which is you know this my next startup. You know, mm. two years into that, so it's been a kind of four-year journey to this point. Uh, so can you explain what Pivot is? Yeah, mate. So look, at the end of the day, um, Pivot is looking at just um, either helping people who have hit a wall with a complex disorder um, and, and helping them through a holistic approach of dealing with mind and body in an integrated way to get better again, mm -hmm. yeah, to be better. Um, or at the high performance end, enabling and really training people with the disciplines, the high performance disciplines mm -hmm. to not just be able to be their best, but sustain that level yeah. of performance, you know? Um, because what, what we're seeing a lot of, um, especially in the today's environment with technology acceleration, business acceleration, is people are kind of, um, they're coming off that, that, that coping curve, mm -hmm. right? They're hitting the wall a lot harder, mm -hmm. they're breaking down, we're seeing increases in, you know, um, stress, anxiety, depression, you know, like one in four Australians now, mate, will mm. be affected by anxiety and depression in their lifetime, right? That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty big. Um, you know, we're seeing complex autoimmune disorders on the rise. Um, you know, typically these things hit later in life because they're the result of chronic stress over a long period mm -hmm. of time. And so we're seeing these conditions kind of accelerate. So um, it was a good time to come back into this space. And, and actually change my approach to it because before my language and my, my methodology was all anchored in Eastern philosophies mm -hmm. and it doesn't work well with the Western mind. Yeah. And so going back to science and now with the advancements of science, mm -hmm. we can explain so much more. And having that language to deal with customers, mm -hmm. actually I found it's been a lot more effective. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what Pivot's about. Yeah, I thought there's a lot of the latest Western science that backing things that was in the Eastern knowledge for a few yeah. thousand years. Yeah, it, it is. And look, that's an interesting conversation, right? Because I actually think, like I've dealt with a lot of masters, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and trained. And the, 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 the shitty thing about it was, is that they all, because of the nebulous nature of the philosophies, mm -hmm. yeah, you struggle to discern what's the difference between this person's magic and this person's magic, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and they would always give you a different story. Um, science, we know, we can explain it. Yeah. This is what it is and this yeah. is what it's not. There's no, there's no, there's no guessing yeah. and that's what I like, yeah. you know? So I think a lot of people can embellish, mm -hmm. yeah, what they know because of having an esoteric language around mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I really actually like the fact that now we can explain things um, in a manner which there's no guessing anymore, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I can explain what this is. Yeah. Now there are still some things we can't explain. Yeah. yeah? And I'm, and, but my goal is I mm -hmm. hope to get to the point we mm -hmm. can. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where we're mm -hmm. sitting.
Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely kind of things that convince our Western minds. If you take, if I take meditation, there's one tech talk, talk I love, which is like a neuroscientist talking yeah. about like A/B testing, how it shrinks yeah. your amygdala, increases yeah. the size of your prefrontal cortex, and it's been like techniques that have been around for a while, but yeah, it's good to have some scientific proof. Well, we can now say exactly what it does, yeah. and not pretend that it's doing yeah. other things, you know, yeah. and that's the thing, and. And yeah, I, I, I like that. I think that's we should all aspire to be able to, you know, explain things in a manner mm. which um, doesn't need us to believe in something that necessarily is out of reach, you know, it's here and now. And that's 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 what's got me re excited about this space, you know, to be honest. And you talked a bit about martial art that helped you for the business side and that helped the people you train. So what did you learn from martial art that you think uh, everyone would benefit from? So the great thing about so I was training a lot of classical martial arts. So in those, you, you couldn't separate like the philosophy of mindfulness and meditation mm -hmm. from the hard the, the hard practices. Mm -hmm. They were one thing, right? And so um, the martial arts taught me how to master um, how our bodies deal with fear and mm -hmm. and stress. When I say stress, like you. A lot of the training was about putting the body, the body through physical stresses, mm -hmm. to see how you respond to that, how you mentally cope with that, and that was really important because um, when I went into the business world, you know, um, knowing that what I was feeling was fear, knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, being able to understand why I was feeling the way I was, and you know, like anything, you step into the ring, you get punched in the face, mm -hmm. you get knocked down, you got to get back up. And I think that that muscle of getting back up, yeah, while I was failing in my first jobs, you know, mm -hmm. and not having the fear that what was interesting, and I think one thing that was um, that I took from my martial arts into the business world is I wasn't scared because when you come out of a situation where people literally want to, you know, kill you in the, in yeah. the ring, right? Yeah. When you face that and you kind of conquer that, when you're in business and you've got some guy shouting at you, you kind of mm -hmm. give a shit because, like, mate, yeah. serious, like, what are you going to do, you know? And... And that was, whilst it was a bit arrogant, it was actually really important for me to be able to sustain a lot of mm. those early days of kind of just not being good at what I did. Mm. Um, and so I think that that notion of having that resilience that you learn through your, you know, the, the hard, the, the hard uh, pathway of martial arts. You know, when I say mm. hard, I mean the, the yang training, right? Yang chi training. It's, it's, it, it was really important. It really conditioned me, right? Mm. For what was ahead. Mm. I think we were discussing earlier also, yeah, like the, the fact that you're put into the situation of being in stress versus sometimes um, just doing, for example, meditation practice or trying to, yeah, to manage your stress level. But like it's easy to try to manage your stress level when there's not a stressful situation, but that's that's where it's so, important. Yeah. It, it, Meditation is about training the mind to, mm -hmm. to come back to its still point, um, training attention, training mm -hmm. intention, yeah? Um, in advanced meditation practices where you're doing like, you know, 10 day, you know, eight hours a day, mm -hmm. the stressor is the time. Have you, have you done Vipassana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, that. that is the stressor. Yeah. So you're purposely, you're actually depriving the body of its senses. You're... Mm -hmm you're sitting for extended period. That's the stressor, right? Mm. But not many people do that often, mm. yeah? With martial arts, 
you're training that um, ability to deal with an external stressor mm. all the time because it takes a lot of work, mm. right? And so yeah, it is important that just meditating, will, often people become over-meditated, mm. if, if mm. that makes sense, where they're so used to the stillness, mm. but then you put them in the real world, they actually don't know how to deal yeah. with the yeah. stress. They need, like, oh man, this is freaking me out, mm. like I can't, you know, they, they moved to Byron Bay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not to anyone, picking on yeah. everyone who's moved to Byron Bay. But, you know, you become accustomed to kind of a lifestyle mm. and environment. Yeah, we go, I've got to get rid of all this negative energy. Mm. Well, guess what, man? Like, life has shit. Yeah. And we have to deal with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I guess, hopefully for your community, you know, people who are engaged mm. in kind of business and their environment is always going to throw up crap, right? Mm. Well, you've got to learn to deal with that crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you can't pick how the environment is going to respond. Mm. It's complex. It's adaptive. Things are going to change all the time. But all you can do is 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 train how you respond to it mm. and how you deal with it. And that's mm. really what the kind of training I do today and what we teach our our clients from Pivot, right? How to do that effectively and efficiently. Mm. And that was interesting. Right? It's obviously not an extreme scenario, but I remember even when I was in Paris, it's like a way less kind of environment compared to where I live here in Bondi and, and actually mm -hmm. when I came back I thought it was very interesting because I was um, I felt like in an environment like in the metro no one smiles and you keep you still smile and it's still nice and like yeah. it's a bit of a more challenging at least what in Paris? in Paris yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it interesting to, to try and, <laughs> and, and see how it went because Bondi is a bit like a bubble so, so yeah yeah look man that's the thing right like you can't you can't predict the environment you're going to find yourself in, mm. you know, and I think what what we do, like if, you know, for anyone who's aspiring to kind of uh, really embrace personal improvement, mm -hmm. right, I think training under variable conditions, yeah. you know, is so important, yeah. right, so that no matter what happens out here, mm. you've always got your shit together and you know kind of how to read and respond mm. to the environment mm. and it's, it's energy demands, mm. you know? And, and I think also what got me into meditation and a lot of uh, people who are like similar, uh, sim similar mind, it's more like Tim Ferriss, for example, or, um, you know, un entrepreneurs or CEOs that tell you why they meditate yeah. rather than like two years ago when I started meditation, yeah, it was this kind of people that convinced me. Mm. Ray Dalio, like Martin Scorsese, like people who actually do things, rather than if it was a monk living in a mountain that told me about meditation, wouldn't resonate because, as you say, it's like it wouldn't fit What's your my challenges. Yeah. yeah, and 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 like I said, even with we have this romantic mm. idea of what a monk does that they sit in meditation. Yeah. Well, man, I've trained with some of these guys. Yeah. You know, you don't see the flip side of that. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys. If you look at the Dallas monks, the Shaolin monks, you know. Um, even some of the, 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 the Indian, you know, the, 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 some of the monks that, uh, you know, classically trained in, mm -hmm. in them, but they are actually also practicing putting the body through extreme stresses mm -hmm. all the time, you know, and so there's the balance of their practice. And I think when we think about those advanced meditation teachers, we only get the notion they kind of sit there quietly all day. Maybe they don't, right? There's so much on the other flip side of their training mm -hmm. that they do. That they condition their body to condition their mind, yeah, and mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to understand. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no, so interesting, man. Like, um, ah, yeah, because I wanted to talk to you about yeah something, um, 
because like when we talk about like performance training so at the moment i'm doing trying to be the wim hof method a lot of biohacking taking like pills and things like this yeah. uh, trying to push my body really yeah and actually many people can notice today i feel a bit tired uh, especially like went to bed at 4 a.m on monday because france won the world cup yes it's kind of <laughs> that was good that was worth it but now and like I try to push through yeah. a lot, yeah. and um, yeah, it's like I I struggle to find the balance between push through, become a superhuman, you know, like push, push, push. Your body gonna get used to it, versus um, not I don't know burning out, for example, doing too much. So so this is the thing, right? So the body um, only has a certain amount of resources. So mm -hmm. this is a good. Good thing. People who are prone to um, to uh, improvement, like mm -hmm. growth, yeah, mm -hmm. are usually also prone to burning themselves out, right? Mm -hmm. Because we'll always overestimate um, uh, our ability to keep going, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's it's a very common behavioural trait. And so, but you got to understand, your body has a finite amount of resources, and if you actually look at um, just take any professional sports team, mm -hmm. right? Or um, any profession that requires real extreme physical demands, right? Um, the science of knowing when to rest athletes, mm -hmm. right? Knowing when to push athletes has actually become really advanced. And that's what a lot of, um, you know, there's all this in the fitness industry, this kind of talk around, you know, train like, you know, like these boot camps, like these yeah. army boot oh, camps. I asked you that, yeah, right. what about like Navy, like if I want to become a Navy SEAL, yeah. or like really right. train you know, so hard. they train a certain way because they've got to do a certain job, yeah. right? Now, that doesn't suit how we need to operate in yeah. business. Yeah. So all these kind of things, they have a finite event they're training for. Mm. Yeah, they, so in sports, they're training for a match. Okay, everything from this point to that point, they are resting in mm -hmm. certain ways, they're eating in certain ways, they're pushing themselves at certain times, mm -hmm. they taper, and then they get ready for the finite event. Mm. And then after that event, they go back into a rest cycle. Mm. Well, business is not like that. Yeah. Okay, business is an infinite stream of shit. Mm. Yeah, and you can't choose, yeah, when that's going to come yeah. and when it's not. And so your body only has a certain amount of resource. Mm -hmm. And so for you, you made a choice to stay up, right? And yeah. watch the World Cup. Yeah. And you were in a higher aroused state. Oh, yeah? yeah. Of course, man. Your team was winning, <laughs> right? Now, even though it was positive, that's burning you out. Mm. Because your sympathetic yeah. nervous system, man, it's on high. You've got adrenaline pumping, yeah. right? And when you finish that, yeah? Well, you go to bed for a couple of hours and so you're not mm. rested, yeah? You wake up now on Monday, mm. right? And you expect to perform, mm. right? Well, you can't, yeah. Yeah. right? Because you haven't given your mm. body yeah. sufficient time for recovery, right? And that's, now, that, that scenario, take away World Cup for a second. Mm -hmm. Salespeople do this all the time, mm -hmm. right? They go out, they'll entertain their clients, mm. yeah? To push for the deal, mm -hmm. right? They'll drink. And then they wake up the next morning expecting to go to work yeah. and be on, right? Now they haven't given themselves ample time for recovery and all they're doing now is burning the wick mm. until they crash, right? And I think people can actually just be smarter 
by actually not going to work that day yeah. and actually dedicating themselves to the recovery. Mm. Because one, the work they do is not gonna be great, yeah? They're probably gonna do stupid things, mm -hmm. right? And if anything, if they would have focused on recovery sooner, they get back to peak performance yeah. faster, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's what's really important, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about peak performance and peak states, we have to recognize that there are these cycles we have to honor. You can't ignore them, man. No matter mm -hmm. Even if you have all the best biohacking yeah. tricks, you know, supplementation and, you know, go to your float tank, well, yeah. actually, you still need to mm -hmm. take time out and go do these things. So how, how much can you hack your, your body? Because you can still train your body to be a bit more tough. Um, Look, yeah. man, there's, there's a bunch of things you can do, right? What's the, what's, the, what's the balance between pushing your body, rest, and not doing it too hard? Well, this is the thing, right? So, yes, there are things that you can do mm -hmm. to accelerate the process, right? But you simply can't ignore that it still needs time, that you can't mm -hmm. hack that time. Yeah. You can accelerate the time to mm -hmm. recovery, yeah? So, like for instance, you know, we know, right, if you're going to have a night drinking, mm -hmm. there are supplements you can take that's going to reduce the, the negative effects mm -hmm. of alcohol and mm -hmm. makes you bounce back faster, mm -hmm. but you still need time to bounce back. Mm -hmm. We know that, um, you know, if you don't have sleep, for instance, well, actually, there's nothing you can do to hack that. Yeah, yeah. Right? You just need to catch up on sleep. Even polyphasic? Yeah, but see, this is what, if you, if you do polyphasic, yeah. You need to have a, like, polyphasic is the hardest. You need a lifestyle. That's you need a lifestyle. Because you can't just do it for like a day or two. Yeah, yeah. Right? You've got to fall into a routine, a yeah. polyphasic sleep routine. Mm. And you miss one phase, mm. you're at shit. Yeah. Right? Because that trial was a total fail for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I actually did it once. I did it for yeah. two weeks. Okay. Right? And look, I was, I was getting a lot done. But, mate, I remember at the end of the, like, the reason I stopped, because I mm. missed the phase at the end of the two weeks, mm. and I crashed. Mm. And then I went, okay, no, you know, yeah. right? So, so, um, and the fact that my wife was getting the shits because I wasn't in bed when, you know, cuddling up at any time. Yeah. But, but, you know, like, you, you can't ignore, right, that, mm. um, yes, there are things we can do to hack our performance, right? We can take, you know, anti-inflammatories that mm -hmm. can deal with maybe heavy workouts and reduce our inflammatory effect. But that inflammatory effect mm -hmm. is actually part of the adaptation process. Mm -hmm. So sometimes... It's what you're trying to hack. You're trying yeah. to be too smart for your own good. Yeah. You've got to be real yeah. careful, right? Um, so, you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that we've, we, yeah, your body needs certain things. Mm. And if you ignore that, eventually you have to pay the tax for mm. it, right? And that's, yeah, that's just... And, and, and to me that goes then, because there's something here that I'm wondering a lot about with also, is, you know, you talked about taking a pill, for example, after you, if you have, a, if you're hangover, but for example, like, let's say I'm hangover, I've been drinking too much, yeah. should I help my body to recover, or should I let it do the job, because otherwise, it gets used to needing that exogenous substance so to yeah, do the job. So, that's a good point, right, so, and, and there's not, there's no one answer for that, mm. so, some exogenous substances downregulate processes of the body, mm. okay, others don't, mm -hmm. right? Um, depending on what it is and what part of the biochemical pathway. So yeah. it's actually a complex thing. Yeah. yeah. But you look at like Dave Asprey, actually. Dave Asprey, you know, the of biohacking. I mean, Dave's actually got a really interesting uh, post on, on alcohol. Mm -hmm. So there are certainly supplements you can take before you go 
on the big drinking night mm -hmm. and then take it again after the drink mm -hmm. and it's definitely going to lessen mm -hmm. yeah the body's negative effect of alcohol mm -hmm. and it's not going to downregulate any of okay. the core mm -hmm. things yeah mm -hmm. but then let's take an alternate yeah um, people microdosing, say, mm -hmm. psilocybin, yeah. right, for dealing with anxiety. Well, that, that affects your serotonin receptors. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take mushrooms too much, yeah, yeah well, then your body will downregulate your serotonin mm -hmm. receptors, right? Okay. And so that's why, that's why there's, they periodize these things, right? Mm -hmm. They do one off, one, one day on, four days off. Okay. Yeah? Okay. So, so certain things you have to know, right? Mm -hmm. that, yeah, like with hormones, especially, you know, like especially with testosterone. So mm. testosterone replacement for men, worst thing, right? Because when you have exogenous testosterone, yeah. it's going to down-regulate okay. your natural yeah. testosterone. Okay, so then you need However, yeah. if you look at the precursors to testosterone mm -hmm. and you take some of those, um, those compounds, mm -hmm. it'll actually help boost testosterone without the negative effect okay. of the down-regulation, okay. right? Okay. So that's where you've got to be, like, there's a lot of evolving science in this space. Okay. And you've got to yeah. know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. I think a lot of people go in a bit blind. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Italian, man. <laughs> of course you drink coffee. Because I, I stopped drinking coffee for that reason. I didn't like the idea of having something yeah. external needed for my energy level. So, look, mate, it's a nootropic, right? It's, mm. it's, a, it's a stimulant. Um, when you become addicted to the stimulant, mm -hmm. it's time to stop. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I periodize it as well. Mm, okay. um, when I when I when I try not to have a coffee and I struggle not to have that coffee, mm -hmm. I know it's time not to have the coffee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so I've cut back on my coffee a lot mm. um, to like one or two a day tops, um, and still, <laughs> and here's the thing: sometimes it's actually not the coffee you're addicted to, but it's all the ceremony around the coffee. And even that, that's an addiction pathway. Mm. And so the minute I find myself that I can't stop something, yeah. I actually then force myself to stop it and become aware of what's mm. driving the behavior. So that's why it's always, there's no one answer, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just always good to test. Mm. Yeah. But so coffee is definitely a big Achilles heel for me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's true. I think, I think the harder to give up for me, whether it was like for cigarette or for coffee, it was more the ritual. Than, uh, it is chemical like, or like cigarette was obvious. Like, I could be, I could be in the mountains not smoking for like three weeks, mm. but then I would party. Uh, <laughs> and that's yeah, the thing you got to look at. What are the what are the things in the environment that are stimulating mm. the habit? Yeah, and it's often they're the things you got to break. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not actually mm. the the, the, the yeah. cigarette itself. Yeah. So then I was going with my friend having a carrot instead of cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's, uh, I can talk about that. No, you know, even when you have, even though you're substituting for something else, yeah, you're probably that. still stimulating the pathway for that you're trying mm. to satiate. You okay, so yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You've got to, like meditation, you've got to go deeper and go, well, where's that, mm. where's that, where is that behavior arising yeah. from? Yeah. 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 What's its trigger? Mm. That's mm. what I've got to deal with, you know? Mm. Yeah. And with high, you know, with, when, if, you know, on, a, on the lens of high performance, I mean, that's the key, right? Like, if we're trying to, if we're trying to, reach states of high performance um, you have to be aware of your behaviors you have to be aware mm. of the things that um, either trigger you towards maintaining a state of growth mm -hmm. or the things that take you away and trigger you towards a state of protection and energy conservation because there's like this balancing act the minute the minute you pass um, 
the minute you you pass a level, yeah, a tipping point where your body's coping, um, our body's tuned to conserve energy. And so we're gonna default to the most energy conservative behaviors. Mm -hmm. Now those behaviors could be um, the way we interact with people, yeah? Um, such as, you know, being short and snappy because we yeah. don't have the room to deal with shit. Um, the behavior could be going for the coffee because yeah. I need the stimulant to keep me going. The behavior could be reaching for the alcohol mm. because I need something to bring me down, mm. right? So, or the behavior could be at a business level, not paying attention to the detail because it's too much energy, right? And so our body's gonna try to conserve energy one way or another, mm. yeah, once we pass that tipping point. And that's when you're out of your peak performance zone, mm. right? And so, you know, we have to be really aware because it's a really subtle thing, you know, to, to kind of flip that switch over. Mm. And so, you know, um, when you train people for peak, for peak performance, uh, one of the things we do a lot of is actually helping people become really, really aware of what their nervous system is telling them, mm. yeah, and how to measure, like have um, really clear measurements and tools where they can go, wow, man, like I'm my like if I look at my brain left and right hemisphere like I'm way left you know because that has an implication physio physiologically you know we did some of that stuff the other day right and knowing that what does that mean when I'm starting to be dominated by a particular part of my brain mm -hmm. I'm, I might be defaulting to overthinking things yeah yeah or other side I might be just becoming irrational because I'm over emotional about things mm -hmm. right you want to be in the middle you want a healthy sense of emotion and a healthy sense of kind of rational thinking right being in the center mm -hmm. And so having the tools to know which way you are is really important. Mm. Okay. And so what's, what's the best tools you have to train your nervous system? Because especially I got interested recently, like, yeah, um, I was into meditation, train your mind. I was like, yeah, it's good to train your mind. But then what I understood is like your nervous system or body unconsciously makes a lot of your decision. I got into that to Wim Hof or Tony Robbins a lot about this like how do you train the nervous system how do you well, train first, the do, do you agree it should be training the nervous system or because um, that like for example Koshik that I interviewed mm. my understanding was that rather than training the nervous system be like listening to it also until it's intelligent yeah it's, it's, it's a bit of both yeah. you know so on one hand we have to be aware and listen yeah? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, everything's a pathway in the nervous system, mate. everything, all, all of our behaviors. Mm -hmm. uh, we're sitting here right now, you know, we're taking information in from the world around mm -hmm. us, we're interacting with this screen, you know, mm -hmm. and our nervous system um, is, is responding to that information, okay? And so, you know, it might be really cold, and therefore our nervous system registers that through our skin mm -hmm. receptors, and you might love the cold, I might hate the cold. Mm -hmm. So same situation, but our nervous systems are dealing with it totally differently, okay? okay? Because the pathways that you've established to yeah. deal with the environmental stimulus yeah. is different to the pathways I've established, mm -hmm. okay? So when you're trying to adapt to an environment, yeah, you have to train those pathways. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to, you know, technically you have to demyelinate these existing pathways which mm -hmm. are being wrapped in a, in, in a protein sheath. So Which are like physical pathways. Yeah, man. physical pathways, man. Physical pathways in your nervous system, yeah. yeah? 
So, you know, from, from your receptors, from your periphery, mm-hmm. yeah, that then stimulate a bunch of pathways that go up into our brain, that stimulates mm-hmm. a bunch of associative pathways in the brain that then sends information back into our body, right? They're all real pathways, yeah? And they're, they're neurons that are all associated. Mm-hmm. So when I want to change a small behavior, dude, I've got to, I've got to break those pathways down. Yeah. And I have to literally reform new pathways, yeah. right? In order to change my behavior, mm-hmm. okay? And so you can only do that through training. You can only do that through repetition mm-hmm. because those pathways, they don't form overnight, okay. yeah. right? Um, and so, you know, you need perception, action, and cognition. You need mm-hmm. these three things to exist in order to actually re-entrain, mm. right, our behaviors in the real world. Mm. Do you use uh, affirmations? Look, affirmations are a tool. Yeah. I don't particularly resonate with that tool, okay. you know, okay. um, but I know a lot of people that do, right, and they have great results. Okay. You know, it's self-talk, yeah, yeah? yeah. It's, it's, it's an affirmation, right? So you yeah. can have negative self-talk, mm-hmm. which you're just convincing yourself you're, you know, you're a dick, <laughs> or you can have positive self-talk, yeah. right? So, so I think to a degree we all do affirmations, some are aware that we're doing it, some not, mm-hmm. um, and some use it as a real tool, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's great. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't typically okay. do that. Yeah, because then like, Tony Robbins is a lot of this, like shouting who you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because <laughs> you're trying to stream, you're trying to stimulate those neurons. You're trying to stimulate the connection to that mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, it's not my thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I know that. Look, like I said, man, like yeah, Tony Robbins is a big mm. proponent mm. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of that stuff did come out in the NLP world, you mm. know, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, like uh, it, it it can be a positive tool, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, guys, if you have questions, just ask questions. That'd be, yeah, absolutely, that'd be uh, amazing. And by the time you're thinking about this question, I'll go on something. Uh, uh, a bit more fun, which is the, the psychedelics, which is <laughs> something I like because not that I'm advocating a- anything, but yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm applying for Australian citizenship, <laughs> so I'm definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is I, f- I found it fascinating because I had this image really of I think most people who aren't in personal growth they have like really that image of you know it's drugs, it's bad. <laughs> Um, and you know when I talked about taking LSD to my mom, for example, she was like thinking her, her son would be a, a mm. drug hippie, drug hippie. Yeah. Um, but it's actually very present. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, science around it. There's a lot of research. Yeah. Um, so interesting, especially in relationship with martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, look, um, I had a forty year relationship that said it was bad once. Yeah. yeah, it took me till very late in life yeah. to actually em- embrace it, you yeah. know. Um, and for mine, my first experience of it was the ayahuasca, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so psychedelics are a very, um, a very powerful change agent. Mm-hmm. Um, they, in, there's a lot of positive research now mm-hmm. with, with psychedelics, and I think you know people need to be clear on what they mean when, when they hear the term psychedelics, because yeah. really the main psychedelic compounds are, you know, psilocybin, mm-hmm. um, LSD, um, DMT, mm-hmm. and, and, and to a degree, I think mescaline, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, cannabis is not really yeah. a psychedelic, um, and MDMA yeah. is not, but it's actually yeah. used 
mm. in that category, um, yeah. especially from a therapeutic perspective. For PTSD is a lot. Right? Yeah, yeah, for PTSD it's, it's very successful. Um, I think personally I really like discovering the unconditional love I have towards other with MDMA. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, there's all that love within me that I repress most of the time. Man, the, the beauty about these compounds, right, yeah. is um, they allow us to park parts of our brain mm. that, that are just way overactive and dominating mm. our consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, they're an advanced tool, they're a technology that allows us to go deeper, faster, mm. right? Where, you know, yes, could you get there through meditation? Yes, mm. but could you get there through meditation in the context of modern day life? Mm. I don't believe so. Yeah. Right, I really don't believe so. And I believe that... And it would take like, as we were saying, 10 years of meditation or at least... Of dedicated meditation. Yeah, yeah. Like of, you know, like not just meditating 15 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you'd have to be meditating mm -hmm. for hours a day. You'd have to go on um, retreats. There's an image I like by James Fadiman, who's a... Uh, you can listen to his podcast with Tim Ferriss. And he's the writer of the Psychedelics Explorer Guide. And he says, mm -hmm. it's a bit like you're going for a hike where the... Meditation is the hike, but psychedelic is like you're taking a helicopter and you're looking at what's at the summit yeah. before you go for your hike. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I, I do I like that. But so it's, it's, it's a tool, you know, and I think it has to be respected and used as an advanced technology and tool. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I think yeah. that's where some people can go yeah. wrong, you know? Like, yeah. um, I know, like with ayahuasca, for instance. You don't mess around with it. It, yeah. it, it, yeah. it floors you. You know, Ibogaine, it knocks yeah, you off. There's no regulated use. There's no regulated use. You know, whereas mushrooms, you know, people kind of can be a bit yeah. more recreational and, yeah. and same with LSD. Yeah. So I think you've got to be really careful. Because mm. if you want to get the most out of it, yeah. you, know, you need to use it in the right set and setting. Mm. Yeah, which Michael Pollan talks a lot about in his book, yeah. How to Change Your Brain. But use the right way, man. It's, it's, an, it's a massive accelerant. Mm. I really believe that. Yeah. It's a massive accelerant. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely what I, what I felt, and yeah, what a lot of people that I need feel. But it's true. There's like because there are so many people that would take these substances in a not the ayahuasca, but for example, LSD yeah, yeah. or mushrooms, not in the right environment. Yeah. Then they miss out on that. Yeah, that they'll, they'll pop pop a pill or take some mushies and go for a walk through the forest, or you yeah. know, it great. You know, if that's a gig, but that's not going to have the same effect. Mm. It's not going to have mm. the same outcome, you know? Mm. It'll, it'll, they'll have an experience, that's for sure, right? But not, not, if, not, with the, not under a purposeful setting where yeah. you're actually yeah. looking to go deep into self, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes it's compared also to a few years of psychoanalysis because you go quite deep into... Mate, I wish I found them a long time ago, brother. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I found them late in life, you know, and or opened myself yeah. up to them late in life. I wish, mm. you know, I started that journey when I was 20. If I would have actually started with those compounds, like back in my early, well, not 20s, I don't think, I actually mm -hmm. think 20s were still working ourselves out, but maybe 30s. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think if I would have started with them, doing okay. yeah, that's cool. Would have yeah. been great. Yeah. You know, but hey, oh, never always, too late to the party. Never too late. Even like when I tell you, when I read sometimes a book, or sometimes I have a discussion or I'll do something like, oh, I wish I did. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for example, yeah, I read. Uh, when I read uh, Tony Robbins' book, like Awakening Giant Within, like it was recommended by a friend that read it at 18. I was like, fuck, yeah. that, that's good to have read that at 18. Yeah, yeah. Same with The Power of Now, same with a few books. 
That's, that's funny because I think that's about the age I found Tony Robbins. I was a bit old. I was about like in my early 20s when I found Tony Robbins. Wow. And from Tony, I found Deepak Chopra and I went to kind of yeah. Deepak's work. And mm. then I, you know, he, as I, yeah, then I kind of, as I came into the science area, then I mm. went, oh, okay, hold on, and then kind of moved on. But mm. it's interesting when you find these things at different points in your life. What do you think of Deepak's, Deepak Chopra's work? Look, it's, it's quite puzzling for me at the moment. Yeah, so, so I was a big Is fan. Is that more a headache person? Yeah, I was a big fan yeah. once upon a time. Yeah. Not so much a fan anymore. Okay. Um, I think some of, I think there's some embellishment, you know, in some mm -hmm. of his stuff, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but you've got to sell books, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, especially when you talk about quantum and the quantum field, like you can because, talk shit. Because it uses quantum physics to make his conclusion. Yeah, on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's, the, mate, you, yeah. so I, I'm not as much of a fan okay. anymore, you know. I, I went away with Deepak on his seven day meditation retreat to do okay. advanced sutras, you know. Mm -hmm. I loved it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but like anything, man, you can't, I don't, you don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Mm -hmm. All these guys, they, they have some good stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, in his incarnation of where he is now, it's very different to where he mm -hmm. was kind of, you know, many, many years ago. Who's um, someone you you follow really a lot that you really recommend? For? That I follow a lot? Oh, wow. I tend, I guess just because of the nature of the work now, I tend to follow a lot more um, people in, in the science fraternity, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's one there's one guy I really like who's, uh, you know, um, Daniel Schmachtenberger, he's a, he's a CEO of Qualia, they do nootropics. Okay. But Daniel's done some really interesting interviews with okay. a lot of people, and I like that, you know. Um, check it out. Yeah, yeah Rhonda, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, you know, she's okay. done some. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. You know, I don't, I find now. I, Is I, it Found My Fitness? Found My Fitness, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's really good, but they're, they're more, these are podcasters, you know. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan, I mean, I love yeah. Joe Rogan, right? Um, <laughs> but, but it's some of the, you know, some of the guests um, that they that they cover are mm. real leaders in the field, mm. and I like I like kind of looking at that end of it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson. You know, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I love Jordan Peterson. You know, yeah. he, he polarizes people, but I really like what he says. You know, I followed all these maps of meaning. Mm. You know, mm. um, which was interesting because I was very non-religious, mm. and I am very non-religious. Yeah. So to sit and listen to like 15 hours of his Maps of Meaning, which is all about the Bible. Did you listen to the audiobook? Uh, yes. Or the, well, or no, the, or the no, classes. All, all the classes, right? The classes so on YouTube. It's 15 hours, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Audible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And you know, I sat and I listened to every one of them, you know, mm -hmm. and I found it really fascinating how he pulled okay. that apart. Mm -hmm. So so these days I'm more into that kind of quantified state, um, space rather than the kind of esoteric, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to find my balance, find that way back to the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I went like I used to be way out here, then mm -hmm. I went way over here, and now I'm kind of finding my way back to the mm -hmm. center. That's interesting. Yeah, Jordan Peterson has been shaking a bit, uh, the, at least the YouTube world. I like, look, <laughs> I like Jordan. Like how straightforward he is. Yeah, I, I really like him. Uh, he he gets he's probably one of the most misquoted, mm -hmm. you know, guys on on, yeah. on YouTube. Or it's it's, it's all about truth. Like he speaks yeah. truth. Yeah. Rather people like it or not, and that's something I really like. Yeah, and there's kind of guys like on the bio, guys like Robert Sapolsky. I mean, probably something you've never heard mm -hmm. of, but Rob yeah. Sapolsky is kind of the biology um, professor version of Jordan. Mm -hmm. They actually, you know, I think actually they've ref well, Jordan's referenced Robert Sapolsky in a lot of mm -hmm. his talks. So, 
There's a lot of interesting guys out there, man. Mm. There really, there really is. So yeah. I kind of follow. Well, what I love a bit in this area, he, he debates a lot with Deepak Chopra. Actually, he's a Sam Harris too. Yeah, Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One with Jordan Peterson. Too. Well, yeah, yeah. It was a good, a lively debate with Jordan, right? That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, I listened to it in the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, they went on tour together. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Sam Harris resonates. Bit more with me, but I'll, I'll give maps of meaning a, a go because uh, I have pretty tough. Talking pretty, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 yeah. Taking, you really gotta mm. have space for it, you know. But now, look, that's I, I kind of I like now, especially with the age of technology, there's just mm. so much uh, that, that's so exciting, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's why I'm doing like with my programs, like, I'm like, there's so much amazing content online, mm. like. I just think it needs a bit of curation because people get, get lost if they don't spend that much, as much time as me. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point. Um, I think, I think um, the level of noise that's yeah. in the industry is, yeah. is actually quite significant. Mm. And certainly from our perspective and our business side, like I take a real, um, uh, I take it very seriously to be the custodian of, like for our clients, mm weeding through all the noise and yeah. only bringing them what's yeah. proven and, and what's real and that's it's hard because you may you know right you've got to be researching stuff yeah. all the time mm. and you have to go deep into that research which mm. takes a lot of time mm. you know but i think that's the probably one negative thing about technology is that it bombards people yeah, yeah. and people don't know what to believe what's true yeah. they hear something because some you know some celebrity said this was awesome and then they take it as truth and yeah. now all of a sudden it just you know, they, they're taking on things and ideas mm. sort of way away from what they should, you know. That's a big, I think that's a big challenge. Yeah. Though. But I feel if you like preach truth in the long run, that's what works for, you know, pe people like Jordan Peterson, they've done, they've yeah. been like fighting the, the yeah. way to truth and it pays off. Yeah, and I think, I think it's, um, um, I think, it's kind of like there is stuff that we we know there's mm. been a good body of evidence and science but even that is got to be challenged because that's always yeah. changing yeah. and there's stuff that I say look you know I don't know I mm. think I've got a I got a theory on this and and just being transparent with people yeah. and going yeah. this is this yeah. this is that right yeah. now you know, you mm. make up your mind right mm. I think that's important especially yeah. people like us who are doing kind of online content mm. you know mm. um, what was that Mister Mister well, like, Cam <laughs> Is it is is ML just noise? What's ML, mate? Are you just giving me shit? So I'm just looking at one of the guys <laughs> on my phone who who likes to who likes yeah, to torment me. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, so yeah, look, interesting, interesting. Um, machine learning yeah. is machine learning just noise? No, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know to answer that, Cam. I think I should get you to answer that one, mate. Um, Machine learning, I think, I think technology, right? I think technology um, is kind of interesting because technology has the, um, it has the propensity mm. now to actually cause a lot of problems, mm. right? Um, especially when we get into VR, AR, yeah. right? I think a lot of people aren't, aren't, um, aren't aware of the implications of these technologies on our, on our biology. Mm. So. You know, when you look at VR, for instance, I think that has the, the potential to cause a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we have to be very careful. Why? So, so if you actually just look at it from a biological perspective, yeah. okay? So um, 
we're going to get carried away mm -hmm. with the application of VR. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're when you're um, when you're tricking the senses, our biology, mm -hmm. yeah, and creating an artificial environment, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, everything you do, mate, has an impact on something else in your body. Mm. So a really good example is this: we're wearing VR goggles. Yeah. Our visual senses have an expectation of what's going on in the environment. Our audio senses have mm. an expectation, but they have projections onto our somatosensory um, mm. uh, experiences. So now I'm in a VR world, and I'm 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 making movement like I'm pressing something. Mm. Yeah, or interacting with something. Yeah. But what I'm not getting back, yeah, is the feedback mm. loop that I normally would. Yeah. So here I am interacting with you. I put my hands on yeah. you, yeah? yeah. My body picks up that and goes, yeah, yeah just put yeah. his hands yeah. on me, right? Now if I'm in a VR world yeah. and I put my hands on you and I don't get that feedback, mm. yeah? Well, the brain's gonna register that. Mm. And it's gonna go, hold on. I expected mm -hmm. these receptors to get stimulated, yeah. Yeah. but they weren't. Yeah. Right now, over time, if mm -hmm. you're living in that world all the time, mm -hmm. and the expected sensory uh, feedback is not there, okay. well, your brain's going to start to de 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 um, demyelinate those pathways. It's going to start mm -hmm. to prune those pathways back. It's going well. That sensory experience isn't important anymore mm. because it's going. Because remember, our body's always trying to be efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my hypothesis, yeah. right? This is, no, it makes this sense. is from what I know sense. about science and how our mm -hmm. biology works, yeah, this is where mm -hmm. I believe yeah. is a danger. And even yeah. when we're together, we also have like energy and like yeah. other senses. 100%, right? Yeah. And so, so when you're in an artificial space mm -hmm. where there's an expected feedback loop that mm -hmm. then your body's not getting, mm -hmm. that's gonna, your body's gonna respond, it's gonna adapt to that. Mm -hmm. And that adaptation could have negative consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could lose our feeling, right? Because those receptors are now starting to switch off. Yeah. Yeah, we could lose a whole bunch of musculature mm -hmm. responses. There's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of things that can happen. We, I think that we don't know enough about, but what mm -hmm. we do know should give us a pretty good indication yeah. what's going to happen. And, and that's where, yeah, and then we could go far because you say we could lose our feeling. There's, I think there's a lot of things we're going to lose to technology, right? Like, even like maybe our memories are in our smartphone already, and, and that's going to get. Mate, more and more. It's exactly so. You know, um, you know, Cam just kind of said like there are kind of you know studies that are starting to come out on you know the effects of these technologies on developing mm. brains, right? So yeah, there are there are there are studies going on in this space, mm. but I think the exponential growth of an advancement of technology today, mm. while it's really exciting, really cool, man, we got no idea. Yeah, <laughs> and Good. and I, and this again comes back down to how do we as a human race actually prepare ourselves for that. Mm. Have right. you read Homo Deus? Who? Homo Deus. No. It's a really good uh, book by a guy called uh, Yuval Noah Harari, who wrote uh, Sapiens. Right. I know Sapiens. You know Sapiens, so he did a second book huh. called The Homo Deus, yeah. which was, um, yeah, it touches a lot on this question. So it changed, like, it's like taking the red pill in Matrix when you yeah, read right. this book. Probably not for you, cause, but for some people who, yeah. Well, I, 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 mate, I honestly, I heard someone say this, and I actually think they're right. I actually think we're the who's all of us alive on the planet today are probably the last iteration of a pure human that we're mm. going to see. Mm. You know, I think that the next set of generations are going to be hybrid. 
Oh yeah, you yeah, know, and 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 well, some people say we're already like well, our yeah. smartphone is almost like it's exactly just, it's yeah. going to be. Well, you could say, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You could say we are already yeah. right, yeah. but I think the, that that's going to accelerate at mm. such a pace yeah. that, like in maybe fifty years, I don't know, hundred mm. years time, mm. we're going to look back at the human race and you're yeah. not going to recognize what we are today. Mm. Right? Well, some some like records that or some uh, some like futurist thing we're going to be like they're working on his generation should be around. Um, older than you, like being uh, immortal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so we don't we don't know, right? But like chances are that can be in fifty years, can be in three hundred years. But that and that will be interesting, mate. And as as as, right, as, as Cam just said, I did I did take <laughs> the red pill in Peru, and I haven't come oh, back, yeah, mate. Red pill in Peru. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the blue one, <laughs> um, mate. Yeah, we could speak for ages. I hope I hope yeah. you know. I hope you're community's got something out of this yeah definitely oh man that's so interesting um but yeah yeah <laughs> definitely took the red deal it's good can can be scary a bit sometimes i have this moment it's usually pretty good red pill it's not as bad as in the matrix <laughs> <laughs> hey man give me more of those um you know look you know i i guess to anyone in your community uh if there are questions or follow-up questions yeah yeah i'm happy to respond through facebook mm. you know um, Thanks, if you know, connect if they ask on your page, mate, and tag me, mm. and I'll respond. Um, you know, this is ultimately all about kind of us evolving and mm. becoming better, and and anything that I can do to help anyone out there, please, I'm 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 up for it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, definitely. And just before we finish, um, quickly, if you are in Sydney, so there's this wellness center called. Pivot. 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 Um, I like pivot. Yeah. Pivot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to speak properly. <laughs> Proper English. But yeah, so it's really, really, like really, really cool concept. I'll definitely need to do it uh, at some point. Yeah. Yeah, mate. So look, anyone, anyone, anyone who... There's a page. On yeah. The, on the any, anyone looking for kind of, you know, using a, an evidence data-driven approach to kind of peak performance, that's where we focus, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got a range of things we can do. Come and see us, come and chat, no obligations. And, uh, you know, and, and anything that this guy does in the future that we can support, we will do that as well. Yeah, well, definitely keen to maybe organize something more physical in Sydney. Let's do another Alaska trip, man. Let's go take everyone to Peru. Oh, yeah, well, that's on my list, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, back end of the year, I see how, like, Vipassana, Ayahuasca, these things. Thanks, Frank. That was, that was so nice. We'll finish with. Thank you, Cam, for all your lovely comments. Yes, wife, I'll be oh, here yeah. soon. <laughs> and we finish with a bit of music and tradition is we finish Frank with a hug. Thank you, brother. Okay. Thanks so much, that was so interesting. And guys, I'll speak to you next week with my mate Fanny, who is back from South America. I lived there three months without a phone. He wanted to disconnect, to reconnect with his